Hi everyone, I'm Sam Callen. Welcome to this podcast. This podcast is an audio version of a monthly conference call that is done for National Governing Body Coach Educators and Developers here in the United States. And I've made this an audio version only because so many people consume uh, podcast information on the go on their daily commute or while exercising. So I want an audio version of this. If you want to see the video version, in the show notes there's a link to the YouTube page that has the original uh, monthly call. So with that, I'm going to go to uh, this month's call, and thank you for joining us. Hey everyone, Uh, thanks for joining us today on this uh, USCCE conference call. I do have a few preliminary announcements and reminders. Uh, First of all, uh, the uh, the U.S. Center for Coaching Excellence uh, North Developer North American Coach Developer Summit. That's a mouthful. Is uh, is coming up in Colorado Springs in June, and uh, if folks are interested in attending that, just to let you know, the regular registration period ends on May the 17th, and then from May 17th to June the 7th is a is the uh, late registration period. So if you are planning on coming, you haven't registered yet, please do so by May the 17th so you don't get dinged a little more money. And uh, along those lines, there are some slots open at the Coach Developer Academies, and there are two academies. One is before the uh, summit on June the 14th through 16th, and that is on teaching and facilitating. And uh, it's now, like I said, some slots are open. You need to apply for that. And so if you go to the website, and I'll put uh, the link in the show notes, uh, if you go to that and you can apply to be a member, I highly recommend it. Several friends who went through it last year who really raved about it. Um, I've got the opportunity to actually go through it. Um, coming up now, by the time you hear this, I may have already gone through it. And uh, just everything they said was really awesome. And it really teaches you how to help coaches develop. So it's not really a thing where you're going to learn how to improve your coaching skills in any sport, but how you help other coaches uh, learn and and do that. And if you've attended that one last year or in a prior year, there's also a follow-up after the summit for a few days that's the next course in that kind of phase two. And again, more information is at uscoachexcellence.org. And uh, a personal note, again, depending upon when you hear this, uh, I am uh, leaving my position at USA Fencing, and uh, that does not mean that these calls are going to stop by any stretch of the imagination. This is something that I'm doing in conjunction with USCC, and we'll keep doing that uh, under my Smarter Coaching uh, brand, if you will. And uh, But I want to thank everyone. These calls have been a lot of fun to do, and like I said, that's part of the reason I want to keep doing them. So with that, let me uh, bring in uh, Jennifer Royer, our guest today from True Sport, and uh, Jennifer, welcome to our little conference call here. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Jennifer, let's start a little bit about your background. I did a little bit of digging and uh, you know, found out you have a doctorate and you were a college administrator. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and then maybe how you came to be at True Sport. You bet. So my background's a little bit of a winding road, I think, uh, 
many people's interesting careers are, and uh, I've spent most of my career in education. I did start um, with an undergraduate degree in education and then decided that I loved uh, teaching history, so ended up kind of pursuing that in my graduate work and um, did get my PhD, as you mentioned. I got my undergraduate from Texas A&M, and I'm real proud of that, and um, got my master's degree from Stephen F. Austin State University and then got my PhD from Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. And at that point, decided that I wanted to be in the college environment. So um, did some adjunct teaching, found myself at a real small private liberal arts school um, in East Texas. And um, with small universities or small colleges, you have great opportunities to really try on different roles. And so I did find myself doing some administration at one point, um, was the dean of women, and then I was the vice president for student affairs for a bit, um, all while teaching and developing um, curriculum and some, some courses for student success. And at that point, um, my husband, who is a football coach, um, was, was coaching football in Texas, which if you know anything about that, um, know that that's, that's pretty big business, pretty, pretty uh, time-consuming stuff. And um, we were given an opportunity to go to Southlake, uh, which is in the DFW area, um, which was a tremendous opportunity for my husband's coaching career. So we made the move there. And um, I stayed home for a bit and uh, did some educational consulting. And then um, about five years after that, we decided my husband's from Colorado Springs, and he said um, real eloquently that if he had to spend another summer on a Texas football field in 112-degree heat, he was going to spontaneously combust. And uh, he, at his heart, is a kid from the mountains, and so he wanted to get back to closer to home and, and the things that, that mean a lot to him. So we made the decision to move, and he's continued to pursue his coaching here, and um, that, that kind of got me into some public school situations, and I've enjoyed being in the public school system for a while and really getting, um, you know, kind of boots on the ground and really understanding what's going on in terms of educational theory and curriculum development at the public school level. And then did that for, gosh, I don't know, about 10 years and um, just just had an opportunity that popped up to um, join up with USADA and be a part of this True Sport team. And it is, as I mentioned, kind of a winding road and a little bit of a, uh, a stops and starts in terms of career consistency. But I think this was such a tremendous opportunity for me. Um, it allowed me to take all the things that I love most about education and my love of sports and, you know, my understanding of the sort of the, the backstory of what coaching looks like in the youth sports space. And um, many, many years ago, I would have considered myself an athlete. I am long since that prime, but, uh, but do have a love for athletics and coached for a brief period of time myself. So it's a nice way to combine all those things um, and really feel like I'm doing something great. Um, you know, I have, I have two young sons. I have an almost 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, and they are both real, real involved in the youth sports space, um, and I see where we have some challenges and where things are going um, maybe a little sideways in youth sports from the way that we would um, ideally want to see them go, and so it's a really concrete way for me to get involved and do something that I think is positive, not just for my own kids, but for all of their friends and all those kids out there who need sport as much as sport needs them. Well, Jennifer, before we dive into true sport, I'm curious about where your, uh, where your interest in history lie. What was your... Uh what area really fascinates you? Well, I was I specialized in modern U.S. history, um, but have a minor field in modern uh, Europe, and then I did some um, women's studies. I'm kind of all over the place, just a generalist. Okay, 
All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm a U.S. history buff, particularly the World War II era. Oh, so nice. when I saw that, it sort of uh, piqued my interest got, there. Got I was your interest? Yeah. That. So World yep. War II would have fallen into my into my bailiwick. I, I it's it's so funny because um, there are many many parallels between the work that I'm doing now and the work that we did in terms of research and development um, in, in looking at historical projects and case studies. So it's been an interesting crossover. Yeah. Well, good. Well, speaking of which, so uh, yeah. probably every most people who listen to this call know that USADA really came into existence. I mean, it was in the works October 1 of, of 2000. Um, mm-hmm. I knew some of the early uh, folks who had like, uh, you know, employee badge, you know, one, two, four, <laughs> along those lines. I knew, right. I, I've been around long enough that I know those people. Uh, anyway, but, but True Sport came along later. What uh, Explain a little bit of the history of True Sport and how it came to be. Absolutely. So True Sport, I think, is such a unique facet of what USADA does. And we can talk a little bit more about that as we go. But um, about 10 years ago, um, the uh, USADA research branch did a little bit of research into what, what sport means to America and why we are so engaged as a culture in sport. And through that research, um, that the research study ended up being published, I think it was about 2011, and um, that titled What Sport Means to America. And then there's sort of a, a subtext there that's what we stand to lose in our obsession to win. And what they discovered sort of ancillary to the original research question was that people put their kids in youth sport for some really altruistic and wonderful reasons. They put their kids into youth sport because they believe that it can be a positive life experience, that they can learn great character building skills, that they can learn how to engage um, in competition in a healthy way, um, that they will learn about what their strengths are and where they have challenges, and they'll learn to be members of teams in ways that are, um, you know, con- contribute in really meaningful ways. There's all these great really core value pieces that we, we believe can be the best of sport, and that's why parents put their kids in sport. What we discovered is that there's a huge disconnect between why people put their kids in sport and the actual experience of sport, and I think that was alarming to us here at USADA. I mean, we're an organization that, that really works hard to be sort of the guardian of integrity in sport and the guardian of what's great about sport, and for us to see this gaping, glaring hole in what people expect sport can be and what it really is was really unnerving to us. And so at that point, our leadership decided that we had the ability and the um, access to world-class experts and great research that we could step into that space and try and make a difference. And so really what True Sport was founded to do was to help change the culture of youth sport. And it's a pretty aggressive mission to go into youth sport and change the way that it functions to influence coaches and kids and parents and officials in ways that make sport what it ought to be is a huge mission, but that's why we exist. And, and it's been, um, it's existed for a little over 10 years at this point. It's, it's had fits and starts, and it's had various um, iterations. But what we see is that we do have the ability to influence folks, and we do have the ability to support people. And that's really USADA's mission um, with True Sport is to provide resources and to provide support for the folks who are kind of in the trenches, if you will. Those folks who are day in, day out, out there working with kids, they are influencers in the youth sport community, that they can make this what we hope sport can be for kids, which is positive and, and, and affirming for them. So along those lines, what, uh, 
what resources do you offer? You mentioned offering resources uh, to uh, support this mission. Um, I, I've delved into your site several times. I get your newsletter and all that, and I'm just uh, – and every time I'm just flabbergasted by the cool stuff that's coming out of there. So maybe you can help elaborate uh, for sure. folks who aren't aware of, uh, of some of the resources that you guys have, both online and perhaps uh, other avenues as well. Absolutely. So I think you, you mentioned the website. That's probably our most forward-facing resource, and it's um, pretty robust and rich with, with opportunities for folks who are engaged in the youth sports space that need resources to help them. I think when we look at coaches, particularly volunteer coaches in the youth space, what we find is that, um, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as a youth sport parent too, sometimes our coaches are really well-prepared and they are trained and they, they coach because this is of interest to them, and sometimes it's the parent who forgets got to come to the parent information meeting and got voluntold, right? Like, it's kind of a range. And so we want to make sure that what we are doing is providing resources that support them on the website. So we have um, True Sports Lessons, if you will, are basically um, based around three key cornerstones. And our three key cornerstones um, of clean and healthy performance, sportsmanship, and character building and life skills are really the pillars around which we've created um, supportive resources. We have a number of lessons that fall under each of those categories, everything from ethical decision-making, um, shortcuts, teamwork, um, perseverance, hydration, prep and recovery, and we have this uh, really nice array of resources available there. Um, if, if what you want is just to kind of dip your toe in the water, the website's a great place to do that, and it, it offers um, what we call sort of our lesson light. It's a, it's a light version of what we offer in, in a richer format to camps and that sort of thing. Um, but essentially, you can go. We've got <clears throat> some key coaching points. We've got some key takeaways, things that we would recommend that kids um, have information about with regard to those topics, and then um, an activity to support that. Beyond the website, we also support our NGB communities, so our national governing bodies, those folks that are part of the Olympic family. Uh, we feel particularly um, compelled to support them as much as possible, and we try to do so with as um, minimal impact to their, their time and their resources as possible. So we know that we have NGBs in our communities that have large staffs and they have capacity to do a lot of things. And then we know that we have NGBs who are working with two members of volunteer staff and they're struggling to, you know, get the phones answered and respond to email. And so we don't want to overburden folks with those things. We try to make it as user-friendly as possible. So for our NGB communities, we have a content package that we send out monthly that allows them to address key topics in youth sport along the lines of those cornerstones that I mentioned. So that happens monthly, um, and for those NGBs that we haven't had an opportunity to connect with yet, please, if you, if you hear this, give us a call. We're, we're working hard. We started with about two NGB partners uh, a couple of years ago, and we are now up to 28 NGB partners. We're trying as quickly as possible to, to sort of get our arms around that Olympic family and that community and make sure that we're supporting them appropriately. Um, so the content package is a big piece of what we do for NGBs. Um, we also have a newsletter, as you mentioned. I'm glad to hear that you're a part of our newsletter. Um, if you go to either our Facebook page 
or if you come to the website, you can easily sign up for the newsletter. That's um, a mail app that goes out. It's available to parents, it, regardless of whether you're a coach, you're an NGB member or not, it doesn't matter. That's just forward-facing, and we're happy to share that information. We try to get information in there about great nutrition and really practical things that are helpful to parents who are helpful to youth sport coaches. And then we also have um, articles and that sort of thing that come out that would be appropriate for the kids to read. So that's the, the sort of content piece. Um, the other thing that we do uh, is we work to build lessons. We have sort of a camp type curriculum or a program curriculum or a club curriculum depending on what your, your membership looks like. Um, some of those things are client pay and their fee-for-service that are if you look at what's on the website and you love it or you're using the content and it makes sense to you and you really want to do a deeper dive, whether that means you've got summer camps or <clears throat> you have a four-month season and you really want to dive into some of those character building and life skill lesson stuff, um, that you can really dive deep on those. And the, the, the lessons that we provide there um, with a fee associated are really wonderfully done. We've just revised them. Um, we're in the process of redesigning and making sure that they're current and that they're fresh and that they're relevant and useful. We never ever want our resources to make anybody's job harder. Uh, we don't want a coach to feel like we've added something else onto their plate. We want to do something that allows coaches to feel like perhaps this is an area they know they want to build, they want to shape culture, they want to grow their influence on the sort of whole part, the holistic part of sport, but maybe they don't feel as comfortable doing that as they do working through drills, right? And so we want to make sure we've made it easier for coaches. How do we support them in a way that's useful, that's efficient, that makes their life easier, and that ultimately impacts kids' lives in a positive way? So that's kind of a wrap-up of where we have most of our resources. We also have um, some school curriculums and some pieces that we're looking to revise and push out, um, hopefully in the next couple of years. But we really want to focus on what we're doing now and make sure that what we do is excellent. Well, actually, I just pulled up your website as, a, as you sure. were talking about that, truesport.org, for those of you who don't know. And um, maybe explain a little bit about your ambassador program, too, because I've met a couple of your ambassadors over the last year or so. You bet. Our ambassador program is phenomenal. It's one of my uh, favorite things to, to talk about when we've got camp opportunities or when we've got opportunities to get with um, school groups. They, they participate a lot in those sorts of environments. Our ambassadors are either Olympians or Olympic hopefuls uh, or para-athletes who feel that they have a commitment to this issue of, of character development sport. They really believe in the youth sports space. Um, it's a really select group of, of folks who both have kept themselves um, in a position where they can speak with candor and they can speak with compassion and they can speak with conviction about these issues um, and, and that they respond well in a youth sports space. And so we, we sometimes we'll find we've got terrific athletes who love the idea, but they're not real comfortable hanging out with nine-year-olds, right? And so trying to kind of weed that through and make sure we've got the right folks in place is loads of fun, but these are uh, terrific athletes who are also fantastic people who believe in the power of sport in the youth space, and they, um, they spend time coming with us to camps. They sometimes go to school groups. They will interact with kids. They'll talk about their experience of sport, and then they generally hit on one to two topics in those, in those talks or those chats where they are addressing either a specific lesson topic that we have uh, or an overarching theme. So maybe it's about character or maybe it's about um, sportsmanship. 
Um, and then they allow kids to ask him questions, and that's really where kind of the magic happens when they have those interactions, and kids are able to ask them those unguarded, unfiltered questions, and it's fun to see the way that they respond and really give back to communities that have given so much to them. Yeah, the ones I've met are really, really very, very engaging. Jimmy Moody comes to mind as uh, one sure. I met back in uh, December when we were all at the ADM conference that the USOC mm -hmm. hosted. Cool. I'm also going through, like, like I said, I'm, uh, I, I've not been on this part of the site before, I don't think, but you've got some online courses. There's uh, some for mm -hmm. coaches here to become mm -hmm. a true sport coach since the, the target audience for this are coach developers. Maybe talk a, can you talk a little bit about uh, that that three courses and uh, kind of what goes into that and um, just go with that. You bet. So our coaching modules we are really proud of. Um, they are designed to really address the needs particularly of those coaches who are either new or are evolving in terms of their coaching philosophy. Um, these are absolutely not intended to be um, skills and drills kind of things. These are not sports specific. In fact, everything we do, we try to make sure that we are as general and broad and sort of sport agnostic as possible. Um, but these are really about coaching philosophy. They're about evaluating how you approach youth sport coaching. Um, and then we do have some that are specific to sort of the USADA, um, more traditional USADA lane, which is about clean and healthy performance and about um, educating kids to make sure they're making good decisions about things like supplements and, and energy drinks and those kinds of things. Um, but the one that I think is probably most beneficial, particularly to new coaches, is that module that deals with developing a coaching philosophy. Um, I think what's interesting is I, I you know, as a team, we've been evaluating and we're going through a process of sort of updating and revamping our, our resources. And we all sat through the coaching modules together and talked through them. And I, I took some of the, the questions home um, to discuss with my spouse, who is, again, a, a youth sport coach, um, a career high school coach, and, and has um, really sparked some interesting conversations, I think, even for experienced coaches, folks that have been doing it for a long time who might need a, a moment to rethink their philosophy and really see um, if there needs to be change or if they're, or if they're right where they want to be, if they found the sweet spot between being competitive and really um, pursuing excellence with, with you know, gusto and still acknowledging that these athletes are, are kids and that they need more support than just on the field of play. So mm -hmm. it's really a, they're great. They're available through our website. Um, they are priced really reasonably, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's $50 or something like that for the three modules. I'd have to double-check. $49.95. Um, yep. There you go. I wasn't too far <laughs> off. Um, uh, I oversold you by a nickel there. Sorry. Quite um, all right. But I, I do think they're, they're of great value, and we're hoping over the next couple of years we sort of begin to budget appropriately that we can grow those, that we can address some emerging topics. Um, we're really interested in pursuing um, new topics for our coaching modules as well as our lessons. Um, we are responding to what we see as a growing um, distress signal in youth sports. I mean, we see it across education as well, but certainly in the youth sports space, looking at what's going on with mental health issues, looking at what's going on with um, anxiety, sports-related and otherwise, and how can we step into that space as folks who are youth sport influencers to help make sure we're providing protective factors for those kids who need us the most. No. Uh, yeah, that last one's one that's really uh, hit me hard the last couple times. In fact, I, the first conversation, you, when you and I first met, we had a conversation really about the book, What Made Maddie Run. I remember 
um, one of your folks uh, that I know was saying you know, that she was upset because I'd made her cry because I made her read that book. And I, I don't recall <laughs> holding a gun to Lisa's head to make her read the book, but okay. Um, but I, I remember we had that discussion a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, it really is. And with recent, you know, another athlete not too long ago, you know, cyclist, mm -hmm. you know, you know, commit suicide. And she was not a youth by mm -hmm. stretch, but uh, still that issue has uh, been done. And for those folks who are looking at, uh, for information out there, the NCAA has some wonderful resources on sort of mental health, main, mainly looking at college athletes, but I think there's some great resources over there. But I, I think that's a growing uh, issue uh, in sports that I I know that Kristen at the USCCE and I've had some conversations about as well uh, right. on there. Um, and I think so, the thing about that that is alarming is that um, we do have nice resources in place, and the NCAA has done a tremendous job um, sort of creating a resource bank there for those athletes who are more advanced. But we're seeing in education and in youth sports across the board, those, those warning signs, those um, sort of alarming trends are creeping, you know, to younger and younger aged kids. And so we just want to make sure that we're equipping folks with at least some look force, some ways to begin to build um, <clears throat> some awareness, some resilience, some pieces in place that would help kids seek the resources they need. And for coaches who are seeing those kids, sometimes more than their parents do during the day, how they can be taking care of those kids in a way that's responsible, respectful, and appropriate. Yeah, yeah I have a uh, conversation about that sort of the coaching with trauma or coaching kids with trauma issue has popped up a couple of times in different places. And um, that, yeah, coaches sometimes very much know that they're, Athletes are coming from really rough circumstances, but a lot of times it's, it's very hidden. And uh, I, w I was at the uh, uh, the True North Coaching Symposium last year that's held here in Colorado Springs. I went up for one of the talks, and they had a local social worker talking about just how that has the the, the demographics, if you will, or the profile of the of the teen who's committing suicide has changed dramatically over the last few years. It used to be, you know that. It, it, it was kind of the kids you would think, you know, broken homes, really bad circumstances, all this, but they had seen, particularly her, she was speaking just to Colorado Springs, said mm -hmm. we're seeing people who come from, you know, okay, intact homes, you know, money's right. not necessarily an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but there's something going on there, and, you know, we all, we all know that just because a family's intact and maybe has a lot of money, that that's not necessarily a healthy environment. And uh, so, you know, it was interesting. She was... Uh, trying to work into what, you know, what does this look like and that it is, you know, as you said, it's spreading amongst uh, our youth. So it's, so what makes us think sports, kids who come out for sports be immune to that or not part of that, you know, larger uh, group anyway. They're a subset of that group as it is. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, let's move on to cheerier topics. Um, yeah, that. On that one, good. So uh, you mentioned this and maybe you talked about it. you kind of mentioned a little bit, maybe talk about them, that you offer uh, seminars and things that for camps and clubs, and you kind of talked about expanding that role. So maybe uh, elaborate on what you're doing now and then what you guys see going forward. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've done a couple of things this year a little bit differently than we have in the past. <clears throat> we are 
looking for an opportunity to really spread awareness of true sport. Um, I, we joked and said that uh, true sport sort of youth sport's best kept secret, um, particularly for those NGB folks who have access to the free content packages. Um, I have kids in this city who are in youth sport, and I hadn't heard about it. And when I got hired here and realized what a tremendous uh, mission we have and all the great stuff that we churn out, um, it made me you know, a little frustrated that more folks weren't aware of what we're doing here from um, USADA's perspective. And so we're really sort of on an awareness campaign. So opportunities like this to get a chance to really share the good work that we're doing is Tremendous. We've had some opportunities pop up to get to speak at various conferences. Um, and we, we loved the opportunity to speak at the USOC's ADM conference um, earlier this year. Those kinds of opportunities are really important to us, and so we're really focusing on that. Um, getting the word out about the, the resources we have um, is a big priority for us. The other thing that we're doing a little bit differently than we have in the past is we're trying to, to step outside of our normal distribution channels a bit. We've really focused heavily on the, the Olympic family. We've really focused heavily on that NGB outreach, which we still believe is critical to our mission, particularly with um, our connection to USADA. Right? I mean, USADA is, is mission-driven to support and to, um, to educate and to test and to make sure that we're, we're supporting our Olympic you know, Paralympic um, and, and Pan Am athletes. So that's really important for us. Um, but we wanted to step outside of that. We know that when we start talking about youth sport, that, that is a much bigger space than just our Olympic family, right? There are a whole host of, of youth sport experiences that fall outside the realm of that. And we want to make sure that we're getting those resources to those folks as well. And so we're looking at how can we grow our camp involvement, um, how can we engage with programs, so whether it be youth sport organizations, um, club sports, where we're looking at summer camps. We're really branching out into that in a little more um, meaningful and intentional way. Um, we are developing new lessons. We're developing new support. We're developing new packages that would help support those coaches um, in ways that we hope will help make a really positive impact on the youth sport culture. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame that, you know, the awareness is not there. Mm -hmm. um, also, you mentioned you spoke at the uh, ADM. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it'll be you or not, but True Sport will be a panel at the at the coaching summit that coming I up in June. I will be there. Yep. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. I had not nailed that part down yet. I, it, I, it's funny. I made a note to myself going, I don't think I have a list of the panelists yet, and I'm on the planning committee for it. And I thought, yep. I should probably follow up on that one. Sure. Fantastic. <laughs> Always good to see you guys. I, I also think it's kind of interesting, too, that you, you, know, you are part of USADA and um, – I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt here, you know. You saw this reputation as oh great, you know, they're the people who come in and take, you know, pee and blood and then they sanction the athletes. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. Um I, I that's a story I can share with you offline about uh about sure. that background. But uh yeah, I'm I'm intimately familiar with the uh the workings of uh, of USADA and stuff and, and it honestly has a little bit of a you know God, not the most positive reputation. I mean nobody wants to knock on the door at you know, six fifteen to give right. a urine sample. So I, I love the fact sure. that you guys are in this space with a much more positive message and and reaching out to hopefully avoid people getting in that or when they are, are faced with that decision because right. an athlete who reaches a certain level is faced with that decision. It's it's just the fact That's of real. do I do this Absolutely. or not. I, 
I spent a lot of time in the cycling world, and you know, many, many cyclists talked about that's when they left the European scene because they were basically, it's the needle or you're off the team, and they came back to race where they could race domestically and clean and not make seven figures perhaps, but at least do it on their own and uh, right. and, and know that they're the ones who are actually performing and not the, uh, that they, they just had the best team pharmacist. On there. Well, I think it's interesting. We do get lots of questions about what is the connection between these. Why is USADA in the youth sports space? What does that have to do with anything? Um, because we do have, you know, there are, there are parts of the sporting community that view us solely as, as you mentioned, kind of the folks that show up for blood and urine, right? Um, and, and I think USADA is very focused on honoring athlete perspective, honoring athlete voice, um, it is a constant topic of conversation around this office, and, and I, you know, if you're familiar with USADA, um, you already know that. If you're not, you know, we, we, we love it for folks to know us better as an organization. It's, a, it's an organization of people who care deeply for athletes and athlete well-being. And so we are also real people. Like, we understand that a 6.30 a.m. wake-up call with, you know, a phlebotomist is not ideal. Right? I mean, I, I only want to wake up at 6.30 in the morning if someone's bringing me, you know, breakfast or something. <laughs> but, but to wake up to, to provide a sample is not ideal. Um, but it's real, and it's a part of that, um, the, the, the protection of and the celebration of clean athlete, athletics. And so I think that there are a lot of people who wonder, what is the connection there? If you're focused on testing um, and, and results management, what, why in the world would you care about what's going on uh, with a bunch of 8-year-old soccer players? Um, and for us, it's really philosophical. It is organizationally something we're committed to because we believe that that risk-reward conversation is inevitable. You're absolutely right. When we talk about elite athletes, they are going to be faced with tough decisions about whether to sort of stay true to this commitment to clean sport or, or potentially make more money. Right? potentially find themselves podiumed and in, 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 in making more money or gaining more recognition in their sport if they sacrifice their commitment to this value system. And that's a, that's a real hard conversation, and we understand that. What we believe is that by the time you're a 25-year-old elite athlete, your value structure is pretty well set. You, you, you have probably come to terms with what you're willing to give up and what you're willing to protect and what you're willing to sacrifice. But where we hope we can influence those future elite athletes is in the youth sports space. We really want to support the development of character and of um, commitment to, to clean and healthy performance. Um, we believe in winning. We absolutely do, but in winning the right way. And we don't think that competition and winning is a bad thing. We believe it's important and it's healthy. We just want to make sure we're equipping kids to become the kind of elite athletes who have the kind of internal compass that allows them to make a better decision when they're faced with that decision. That you know, your passion comes through so much when you <laughs> you know you, you did that, and uh, and I think most people on this call, I, I will not say for everybody, but my guess is that there's a lot of buy-in on that as well from our end of wanting our athletes to have a great experience and uh, and our youth athletes to have a great experience. Absolutely, and I mean the reality is mm -hmm. most of the kids who are participating in youth sports are never going to find themselves competing for an Olympic medal, right? Most of them aren't going to play their sport beyond high school. Um, and what we're seeing in alarming numbers is they're dropping out even before then. And so what we want to do is make sure kids can persevere and they stick through and, and can hang in there with sport as long as possible, and that when they decide that sport 
and that their competitive period is over for them, that they then have taken the lessons that they've learned from sport and that they're better community members. They're better husbands and fathers and coaches and, and wives and coworkers and thought leaders. We want them to be better people for having been involved in sport, um, whether or not they're ever facing the challenge of, do I dope to win a medal? Um, and so we really think that there's value here. We think sport is for everyone, whether you're a spectator or whether you are competing. We think there's value in sport. We think it's, it's incredibly important to the fabric of our culture. We think it's incredibly important to who we are as a people, and we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support those folks who are competing in the right way, and we want to start as early as possible and make sure that we celebrate that whenever we get the chance. Super. Let, let's swing this back around. I do want to kind of uh, start to wrap up here a little bit, but uh, looking at your list of partners here are certainly the NGB group and other multi-sport organizations. Um, mm -hmm. People can see that list on there as well as some camps and schools. Uh, mm -hmm. How can, if someone's out there and uh, stumbles across this, or hopefully everyone who's listening shares those with 10 friends, then um, <laughs> how can they partner with you guys, and, and what does that partnership look like or involve? Absolutely. We are um, thrilled whenever we get someone um, sent to us or sort of um, referred to us from a current partner. Um, we are anxious to speak with anyone who's interested in our True Sport resources. So um, the easiest way to reach us would probably be to reach out to our True Sport team through the website. There is, um, you know, that, that would be an easy way to reach us and then we can follow up with folks. We're still a really small team. We've got a real small group of folks doing a lot of good work over here. Um, and, but because we are a small team, we love that personal interaction with potential partners. We will generally loop the whole team into those conversations. We really try to dive in and explore what's possible with each of our partners. We don't want to have a one-size-fits-all approach. We really try to be responsive to their needs and to hear what they are either celebrating or struggling with and make sure that we can step in and help them do those things that they are doing well, even better, and the things where they're, they're looking for a solution or they're just not quite hitting their mark, how can we help build that up? Um, so I wish there were a one-size-fits-all answer to give you here, but, but it's really part of our philosophy that we want to be responsive to the needs of our partners. Um, so reach out to us. We will follow up, and we will do everything we can to support you. That is really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm looking through this, and actually um, I'm going to nudge a buddy of mine to reach out to you who is in that kind of Perfect. camp setting because I think it would be a uh, great fit, um, and I, I think you'd really enjoy uh working with uh, my buddy Steve as well. So, uh, so I, I will nudge as soon as we get off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't going to call him out by name, but if he hears this, he'll immediately know who it is. Um, on he'll here, know you're talking about him. <laughs> he will know I'm talking about him. A couple other people may may put two and two together and figure out who I'm talking about as well. Well, uh, good. So I wanted to give you a chance to maybe anything that we didn't talk about, like where is USADA – I'm sorry, where is True Sport headed? And you'd hit a bunch of things there, but if there's anything you want to wrap up and share with folks. And then what I'm going to do after that is I'm going to unmute uh, folks. So if you've got a lot going on, maybe mute your phone if you don't want to do that and give folks a chance to ask you some questions as well. So a, a warning there for the folks who are on the live call. 
Perfect. Well, I think we've hit uh, really our high points. We're, we're looking going forward in the next couple of years um, to increase our coaching support. We really feel that um, you know, we've, we've been grateful to have um, been included in some of the, um, the coaching apps that the USSC has put out. We're, we've really enjoyed those opportunities, and we feel like we're getting great feedback there. So we want to continue to grow our, our resources to help support coaches. Um, we are, as I mentioned, looking at growing school curriculum and those kinds of partnership opportunities there. Um, the other piece that we see where um, we would love to, to do a little more work is in the parent engagement piece. I think um, anybody who's recently been at a youth sport event could probably attest to the fact that some parents are crushing it and they're just amazing and they're supportive and they're positive and other parents are you know, talking to their eight-year-old like they're in the NBA playoffs. And so trying to figure out what the happy balance is there um, is, is important for us, and uh, we're going to do some work there to try and make sure that we're providing resources to really help parents. And I think when we talk about the, you know, sometimes people talk about the problem with youth sport parents, I think that sounds a little too judgy for us. I think we all approach this from a perspective that is um, sympathetic to the fact that parents that are there are there because they believe in their kid and they support their kid and they love their kid and what they want is something amazing for their kid. And so we sort of approach it from this perspective that those parents aren't trying to be unkind to an official or aren't trying to um, undermine a, a youth sport coach, right? They're trying to love their kid and they're trying to support their kid and, and perhaps they just don't have resources or perhaps they haven't thought through in a different way what that could look like that would be healthier for everyone involved. And so we really are trying to step into there and, and really evaluate what options we have there to help support parents and, and to engage parents in that conversation. Um, so those are the big ones for us going forward. Yeah, and the peer engagement stuff that uh, I was on a group of uh, with other bunch of other really good folks from NGBs who mm -hmm. put together some parent engagement materials. We wanted to keep it really simple and posters okay. and flyers. And so if folks go to the Team USA site, I, I off the top of my head can't remember what the what the URL is. I think it's actually in the ADM section on parent engagement. But there's some great things that folks can uh, download and print off. They're yours to print. Um, to do and you know it was a fun project to work on and you know we had a conversation about where do we go from here next because we thought it was a really good thing to do and um, made that something that I would certainly like to stay engaged with in, in that group because the parents are key they're the consumers they can also drive from from a coaching educator and developer standpoint right. you know they are the consumer they're paying for it so they can have a lot of influence in hey I want my coach certified I want them to be right certified by the NGB. I want them to be true sports certified. I want them to, you know, to have all this. And if they're good consumers, unfortunately, I think that parents are, and I use this in the, in the, the most classic meaning of the word, or just ignorant. They, well, you know, I'm signing my kid up for classes, and I'm just going to turn them loose on it. It's really right. amazing, the lack of due diligence in a lot of cases. I'm looking at, well, what's, the, what's this person's credentials, background, do you even ask about their coaching philosophy? Um, right. And we know there, there are horrible coaches out there who are certified, and there are great coaches who, for whatever reason, don't go that route. Right. Um, and, but that can help drive it for sure and drive organizations to give their coaches better training, and not just Absolutely. in the technical, tactical aspects, but the things like ethics and psychosocial development and, uh, and, and those areas, especially when dealing with the youth sport uh, part of that. You bet. We yeah. couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have a feeling this is one of these like we're preaching to the choir sort of thing, and it's like, yeah, right. we all cram, but we need the people who who aren't on board or, or just aren't aware of that. And I think that you point out a really good thing about showing parents, you know, what does good look like, which is a, a uh, I can't remember, I keep hearing that from time to time, but what does good look like, and um, and and doing that and making that culture change. And you know, there's quite a few organizations out there who are who are trying to make inroads in that as well. All right. right, so I'm going to uh, unmute uh, folks here. So uh, if you have a question for, for uh, Jennifer Royer from True Sport, uh, now's your chance to ask. If not, you can just uh, be silent. I'll give it a little bit of time for folks to come on board, and, uh, or else we're going to start talking about World War II history here. <laughs> All right, everybody should be unmuted now, so if you have a question, just uh, pipe up. Or if you want to tell Jennifer what a great job she's doing, she'll probably take that too. <laughs> okay, kind of hearing none there. Uh, Jennifer, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out and uh, and for rescheduling. You uh, you had lost your voice, and I, I feel did. like I'm about to lose my voice through this. <laughs> this is like, man, we were not going to reschedule this thing one more time, no though, way. At, thank at all. Thank you for patience with that. Sorry about getting sick a couple weeks ago. Nah, you know what? The the stuff was going around here in Colorado Springs. I think everybody was was getting it one way or the other. Uh, so with that, so I want to again thank you. I recommend folks uh, head out to truesport.org and look around at all the resources there. They're just free for the taking. And also, if you're an organization looking to partner with them, uh, check uh, that area and then reach out to them to see what that partnership may look like. Um, so Jennifer, once again, thanks and uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, Sam. Hey, once again, thanks for joining us on this audio podcast. I want to uh, put a shout out to Lee Rosevear, who provided the music for the uh, intro as well as for this credit roll. So thank you, and good luck in your coaching.